0: Welcome to 24 Karis. I'm Kelly Johnson, the founder of Karis by KJE. We are excited to welcome you to a special episode of 24 Karis. We are coming off of the Evolve Conference. And we just had to share with you some of the quick highlights of what we experienced with so many organizations, dozens of organizations as a matter of fact. And so with that today, I'm back with the leadership team of Karis, Devon and Annalise. Um, hopefully some familiar faces now. And ladies, I mean, let's talk about Keras Evolve, what that experience was like, and maybe let's start with the why. Like, why did we wanna do this conference?
1: Yeah, I think it's been a dream of ours to, to do a conference for a while now. Um, I think we took a bit of a different approach. Instead of having, you know, a big to-do with anybody, we kind of made it more exclusive um, and invited DEI leaders um, because we've seen that they really need kind of that um, support um, you know, connection, networking, kind of a group to bounce ideas off of. Um, so it really kind of started there, um, started with our current clients, um, and then we kind of branched out and invited, um, some, some people within our network. Um, so it was really exciting to be able to just focus in on the leaders, the people that are on the ground doing this work day to day, um, and really helping them, giving them kind of the tools, some insights that they need as they prepare for 2023.
0: Yeah it kind of felt like a friends and family gathering. I don't know, Annalise, what would you add? Maybe speak to, because I know your team works so closely with our clients, and so what do you think they really, um, the participants in the conference really appreciated
2: about Caris
0: Evolve?
2: I think it's just knowing that, excuse me, that they're not alone, Um, that there's other people, other companies that are going through similar experiences in their journey and that maybe what they're experiencing isn't just them, it's not the most awful thing. And there is common things that they can think about um, as they learn from their peer groups and other companies that have gone through similar journeys. And that's really what I love about this is that everybody can get something out of it, no matter if you're starting from day one or if you've been doing this for 30 years. um, There's always something to learn because we always talk about um, this topic as it's an evolution. It's always about moving forward and improving. And there's really not a time where you're just standing still and doing nothing. And so that's really what I love about this conference is we're able to keep it small, keep it intimate, keep it targeted and focused, but on topics that are shared across different organizations. Yeah, Yeah,
0: I agree. So we wanted to make sure that our clients and our extended family, um, some of our carous friends had that opportunity to hear from each other, learn best practices. So we shared the good, the bad and the ugly. So I loved the transparency and we had some great organizations, some great partners like Bell Flight, Invited and Texas First Bank who were able to share their journey around training and uh, DEI councils, as well as the broader strategy. Um, What would you all say about just the power of sharing those stories and sharing those lessons learned? And why do you think it's important for DEI practitioners and other HR leaders to gather like this?
1: Yeah, I think it's really important to kind of share, you know, here's what I'm doing, here's what worked, here's what didn't work. Um, although you have to still kind of go through it and apply it to your own organization or your industry, I feel like we can still all take away nuggets from that, right? Um, apply some things, try some things that you heard, but also be able to look out for those pitfalls that they warned you about. Um, so I think the, the networking and being able to talk to one another, seeing what others are going through, um, you can take those ideas away and begin to implement them in your own organization.
2: Right. And it's also a sharing in the spirit of the camaraderie of this work. Um, it's not, oh, I'm not going to share with you some top notch secrets <laughs> that that we are doing, because the work is really just the work that is impacting your employee population, your engagement, your culture. And that's something that everybody can relate to, everybody can learn from. And Kelly, you talked about what's important about knowing both the good, the bad, the ugly. Well, yeah, it's, it's really I want to know well, when you implemented that, how did it really happen, right? Because sometimes we can conceptualize, like, oh, this sounds like it's gonna be really great, and then something else happens in reality. And knowing that ahead of time and being able to anticipate those things is very valuable. Yeah. I think the other thing we were really conscientious about in the planning and,
0: and structure of this conference is, oftentimes we know DEI leaders are juggling so many different balls in the air simultaneously, often with limited resources. And so we wanted to give them a framework on really planning, reflecting on the current year, reflecting on what's working well, um, what could be better, and just using that to drive priorities for next year. Uh, Because we know in the day-to-day, it's hard to have that headspace to really think and then to have a, a community to have that reflection time in, it was just really powerful. And we I enjoyed personally just seeing the the aha moments and um, people being open to sharing their own experiences in their organizations in a really safe environment. Um, Okay, so all of this is great for organizations who were there uh, and organizations um, who are our partners, um, part of the Caris family. What, what advice would you all give for an organization that maybe is just starting? What if they didn't get the benefit of the Evolve
2: conference? Well, first thing, call us. (laughs) Uh, I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) Um, You know, because we we do have a lot of offerings, and and we talked about it in previous uh, podcasts uh, about just how we tailor fit Uh, and customize and make sure we understand each client's needs. We may not be for everybody, but the first step is reaching out and exploring, right? We like to do an exploratory call and really find out what you're trying to to solve um, and, and work with you very closely on that. So I think that's the first step is just really, you know, branching out and what, what are your resources? And you know, we can also inform you of the resources that we can provide um, as you start this journey. And I think the, the key message I wanted to send out there is that you're not alone in this work. Um, oftentimes people feel like when they're starting in this journey or they just start forming other uh, DEI initiatives or strategies that they have to kind of figure it out. Well, there's so many of us that have been doing this work and that have so many resources out there that we can point to. So I think that would be the first thing is-
0: Call
2: us. So let's talk about the risk of not
0: calling us, but in all seriousness, what's the risk in taking a DIY approach to DEI, right? (laughs) Uh, Because that's a lot of organizations say, okay, we have a, a leader of DEI, we have a DEI director, and suddenly the organization expects that person to Uh, be the miracle worker for all things um, DEI in the organization, often with very limited budget resources, extremely limited staffing. So what's the risk of not having partners and community uh, of other DEI
1: practitioners? I mean, I think there's a great risk in kind of missing the mark, right? Um, It's really important. I I think you you mentioned cookie cutter approach. It's really important to know your organization while we're sharing ideas. And I can tell you what worked, what didn't work for me. It's still important to know kind of the landscape and the foundation of where your organization is, where your culture is, what people are experiencing. So like, yes, you can take that data, you can take what you heard and kind of put it together, take what fits. Um, and and decide what would work well in your company. Um, so I think it's really important to kind of start there, um, so that you you're informed, and then you're able to measure. You know, it's really important to start in the beginning, start with that data, identify what what the gaps are, identify what you need to close, instead of you know implementing something that may not really work for your organization or your organization doesn't need it or is, isn't a problem.
2: I would also add that you know the risk is when you start off kind of alone in this work without the buy-in of your senior leaders it starts from the top. Um, that, that is key, I've, we, we found that in, in several situations that we've been in is that we, have, we could have very good intentions, we have very good strategies, we have very good plans, but if there's not that involvement and engagement of your senior leaders in the organization, it can take longer um, to either influence or help the culture kind of filtrate towards the rest of the organization.
0: And I think, I mean, if I can just go there for a moment, when I look across other HR functions, whether that's talent acquisition, and, and by the way, I don't really view DEI as an HR function. It sits in HR often, but it really is a organization-wide impact. Um, it, it really should be a part of the strategic Uh, planning organization in any company and if that's a smaller company usually that means it's a direct report to the CEO Mm -hmm. right some large global multinational companies often have a strategic uh, business planning office and so DEI should sit there so that was free Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I just so let me just kind of go back to where I was going with that 99% of the time DEI sits in HR however I find it interesting that DEI is one of the few functions, if not on, the only, that it, there's this level of expectation that the DEI leader should do it all with, mm. without any external partners or vendors. Mm. Um, talent acquisition has an applicant tracking system, right, most of the time. Um, organizations invest in that. There are marketing um, organizations or associations that the that the talent acquisition team partners with to bring that pipeline in. Mm -hmm. Who expects the talent acquisition team to not market, not use resources, to post jobs, to Mm -hmm. spread the word? Um, We can go all down the list, benefits, um, HR business partners, all of these various functions within the traditional HR organization has resources and partners, but somehow DEI, which extends its impact beyond the traditional talent Mm -hmm. process it touches community it touches marketing it can uh, it can drive innovation revenue growth cost savings why is this the one area that is the least funded Mm -hmm. so let's talk about how can we perhaps help the person who's listening who is in a dei role has un poquito budget Mm -hmm. and may or may not actually have a team to help them What advice would you give around how to advocate for budget and and to even broach that conversation?
1: Yeah, I think it's... Um, starting to build your your allies and your alliances in senior leadership, that next level up, so that they can begin to start influencing on your behalf too. Um, it's one thing to kind of champion an initiative by yourself, but to begin to build your kind of team, your um, to kind of rally around you when you are asking for more budget or asking to implement a, a new program. Um, you have someone that can kind of vouch or
2: sponsor um, you in that way. I think benchmarking to understanding, you know, maybe companies that are similar industry, similar size, that have had success mm-hmm. in their DEI journey. Well, what did they do, mm-hmm. right? What 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 did, what journey did they go through? They they probably went some ups and downs as well. Can we learn from their stories and their ups and downs, and then show the senior leadership yes. team, like, here is it took them X amount of time. It can take us less if we just you know learn from these things and invest. Um, and and highlight those success stories of what it has done for the ROI of the business because really the executive team is looking for that like what's it gonna do for me what's the ROI if I spend more money here Mm -hmm. right and I would
0: add to that everything that you all said but just to layer on top of that I think getting clarity in the very beginning of what success looks like how will we measure success and what Will those key stakeholders that we engage, those allies and those sponsors, what are they looking for as a result of this work? And then also, what are employees looking for, right? Um, Because sometimes they can be different. Sometimes they can complement each other. But sometimes I, I see DEI leaders who are labeled as unsuccessful in an organization or ineffective, But I'm not sure that that person ever had the full support, first of all. But then secondly, what was the definition of success or at least progress? Um, Because I think success takes a while in this space, but we can certainly make progress over
1: time. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyone want to kind of add on to that? Well, I think that's a good point because um, if, if you have this one DEI leader and they're in charge of it, you still kind of need a, a checks and balances. You need someone to kind of bounce your ideas off of. Typically when um, a leader in another function or whatever, they have someone else that has the, that expertise. So that, po- that goes back to the point about having an external partner, having someone that has done, done it for years, they've implemented in different types of organizations. So they're able to help guide and lead and, and advise, advocate um, that leader. So
0: organizations right now could be at a budget planning stage um, at the time that we're at least airing this original episode. Um, What, uh, Annalise, I know you've worked in many uh, organizations of many different sizes, local, national, regional, global. Uh, (laughs) So you've been in those conversations where you have to advocate for resources. Any quick suggestions or tips for that person who is trying to plan for the budget and just maybe doesn't know how best to approach it.
2: I think it's, it's all about, I think you said it earlier, is what, what, are, we, what, is, what are we trying to solve for? Mm-hmm. And then what is that, how is that tied to the overall company strategy um, and the, the company goals and organizational goals and tying in specifically DEI to that? Not just a, we're going to plan these fun events, so I need X amount of money to do these events. Well, how is that event going to tie into the business objectives? Mm-hmm. So that is the biggest thing when, when executives are looking at budget is what's, what's the return, mm-hmm. right? And how is it going to help achieve company goals? And, and it's a little harder sometimes in our space to do that because what's the price of retention? What's the price? You know, it's hard to say, I'm saving you X amount of dollars by not having turnover and having to train people again and again and again, uh, and using your talent acquisition resources to go out there and, and build your brand and all that, all that right? So that's, that's where you have to find the, well, how can I put some quantitative um, analysis behind what I'm asking for and then tie it into the business objectives, right? Um, and not just, we're here for fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Let's talk about, I think you hit on a really important word, which is around reputation. Mm -hmm. Uh, The organizations that were a part of uh, CARES Evolve um, talked about some of the sentiment of employees and and some have even touched on kind of just externally how they want to be viewed, in particular from a business standpoint. One of our um, partners who shared just went through a major rebrand, right? And so that's all about reputation and just brand awareness. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, I think, again, our default is usually measuring progress in DEI around HR objectives, and those are super important, not minimizing those at all. But what are some ways that we can frame the conversation a little bit more broadly around reputation
2: and brand for DEI? I think there's an expectation right now um, in the workforce today um, on this topic, right? On DEI, on community, what is the company doing, you know, and, and more and more there is an expectation that, I mean, it's almost like an a, an expectation that it's, you've got to be inclusive. I mean, you've got to have a DEI statement on your careers page. I mean, that's just something that is very... Basic and expected from the workforce today, especially the ones that are coming right out of college um, they, they just have a different expectation and you know and rightfully so I think it's a it's a healthy expectation to expect that um, from companies Which if you don't follow that expectation you're going to fall behind your competition because they're not just you know, looking at a job description of what is it that you are looking for technically, you know, skill set wise they're also looking for, they're going to your blogs, they're going to Glassdoor, they're going to research um, the reviews and what current employees are saying about you, and that's how they're gonna make an informative decision of, yeah, that's the company that I wanna work for and belong to.
0: Anything here?
2: Yeah, I mean, I also feel like, um,
1: um, you know, with DEI leaders and in these organizations, companies really have to pay attention to the mission, right? Going to your point, people want to work for an organization where the mission is, is bigger than the bottom line. And I think with, um, in some industries, it can be hard to align, like, how does DEI fit with manufacturing or some of those more, you know, more industrial things. Um, so really taking a step back and, you know, examining your mission, examining your vision and values, and really um tying DEI into those and I think that it it can it can be easier than than people make it
0: I agree and I think our clients um and the participants from EVOL saw a glimpse into that right we had a limited amount of time together but um I think everything that you all are saying we were able to touch on and really inspire action right Mm -hmm. so Uh, In the Karis way, we we are holding the participants of the Evolve conference um, accountable, right? You know, one of the follow-up items is what are you going to do in the next 90 days? And I would say that's our challenge to you as you're listening to this podcast episode. What are you going to do within the next 90 days to drive DEI in your organization? We're certainly here to help. Um, but thank you Annalise and Devin for recapping um, such a fun experience. We're looking forward to doing it again next year. If you want to be a part of that, reach out to us. Um, but again, this has been another episode of 24 Caris where we help you live out your commitment to DEI 24-7.